episode 56, baby Kevin, we are here. So uh, today's pod is just going to be me and Kevin. Connor had a prior engagement that he is working with today, so he has to um, miss this one sadly, but he'll be back next week. Kev, um, just like old times, buddy, me and you, can you give me a famous uh, NHL player number 56? Oh, you want a famous guy? I'll give you Anyone. a famous guy. You can guy. give me famous, anybody. Eric Holla, baby. Oh, I actually like genuinely was like, ah, I might, I didn't know if you had one prepped or if I kind of just hit you um, where it no, hurt. No, the but... man that gave us Pavel Zaka. Yep, the man can't that gave us Can't go wrong with that. Pavel. No, you definitely can't. I agree 100%. So, uh, how you doing, bud? How was, uh, how was your day? Ah, uh, work was good, you know. Uh, it, was my, it was my last day before a nice long vacation. Gonna head down to the warm weather of Florida for a week. When are you leaving, and, Sunday? Uh, Tuesday, but I'm going to be in Boston for a couple of days. Might catch the, I think there's a game Monday. Maybe Bruins? I'll go. Yeah, Bruins might go to it, so right. we'll see. You meeting Will in Boston? No, I'm going to meet him down in Florida. Nice, nice. Who are you, are you meeting up with friends in Boston? Uh, Raul might go up. It's his birthday nice. on Wednesday, nice, so. Nice, nice, nice. Good old Raul. Nice, nice, good. Glad to hear it. I'm going up to New Hampshire this weekend to coach some hockey. Kind of ending the hockey season off on a fun note, going over to Waterville Valley in New Hampshire to coach, coach in a little tournament. So that should be interesting. Uh, probably my last weekend in a rink for a little bit. It's always good to get out of the rink and get back on the golf course. I'm definitely excited for that. But um, we have some dates we want to start with for uh, this episode. Instead of jumping right into that dirty water, we got some important dates that the NHL just released that we thought um, people would like to hear. So just right off the bat, Monday, April 17th is going to be the start of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. We have Monday, May 8th is going to be the NHL draft lottery, which I think everyone in the hockey world is Oh my God, to. who's getting bedard? It's, it's going to be awesome. It's crazy. Like, it's going to be, I can't wait to watch that. It's going to be so fun. Like, I might actually have to pregame that. Like. Yeah, it's an event. It's an event to see where Connor Bedard's going. Then we have Saturday, June 3rd, which is the tentative start of the 2023 Stanley Cup final. I like that date. I like June 3rd. That's nice. Uh, nice and early before the wedding. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I had my worries about that. Um, we got June Sunday, June 4th to Saturday, June 10th is going to be the scouting combine presented by Adidas. I'm surprised Adidas is still presenting this. I don't, I wonder if it is their last event. I know the NHL, I thought was exploring other options for jerseys. Actually, it's on new era was one of the options, which I did not love all that much. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of new era. I think no. it's too weird. It's me. They're not, not at all. It, next, next date we have in your Monday, June 26th. Day after my wedding is going to be the 2023 NHL Awards at Bridgestone Arena, which hopefully we do have some live coverage down there. By our own the Connor Green. Yep, by Inside the Rink. I'm sure he'll be doing some duck boat stuff down there too, so that should be pretty cool. And uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, June 28th is going to be round one of the 2023, sponsored by Upper Deck NHL Draft. And rounds two through seven will be the following day on June 29th. Um, boring, but those are just some big dates that are coming up that if anyone wanted to know, hopefully you wrote them down and got those on your calendar. Anything on the dates, Kev? Anything? What's, what are you looking forward to the most on all those dates? Um, I'm ready for ho- playoff hockey. I Me just, too. April 17th, you know, it's pretty much, we're a month away. Exactly. Tomorrow is a month away until playoff hockey, which is kind of crazy to think about. This year's gone by so quick. This season's oh. gone by so quick. Some teams are like we're what seventy games in, so it's 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 crazy to think about yeah, how quickly Islanders, it's come and Islanders have played seventy games. Yeah, I think they played the most. Yeah, just the Islanders. But yeah, this year has 
2023, I mean, I guess we're only three months into 2023, but even that, it's just, time just feels like it's flying by. As you get older, time flies by so much faster. Definitely have noticed that. It's yeah, so those five-day work weeks, man. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. I know. I agree. But just, yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's definitely the playoffs. Like, we're in that weird zone right now where it's like, I just want playoff hockey. Like, I'm watching the Bruins games. They're boring. I'm just like, uh, it's just monotonous right now trying to get to that. Yeah. Before we go more into that, you, why don't we get into that dirty water? Yeah, so that brings us over to that dirty water, and it just, our question right off the top, and it's what I was about to get into, so I did just bring us over. Should we be worried about the slump that the Bruins are going in? They've lost three of their last four. They have not looked good. How do you feel? See, I'm not worried at all. Just look at last time we had a slump. We this is our first time, second time all season long that we've lost back to back games. Last time we went to slump, I think when we lose those like four games right before the All Star break, came back we lost to Washington, then rattled off ten straight wins. And this team knows how to win. There's nothing really to be worried about. We got to remember we're missing two key players in the lineup in Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno. The chemistry may be a little off. You bring in the new players as well. There is that chemistry issue. We have these, what, 12, 13 games to work it out, figure things out. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can't win every game. And I think as Bruins fans, we've been lucky this season to have as many wins as we have. But we got to remember, it's okay to lose. Like, losing is human. And that's what makes this team realize, hey, these are what we need to work on. Let's address that issue. Otherwise, you just keep winning. You may not see a big issue. It may not get them worried. I think losing allows them and lights that fire under them, under them to get them really going and be like, shit, we need to do better. We can't be losing to a Chicago team, letting a guy have a hat trick in the third period. So, Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I think one of the biggest things from this is this was always going to happen at some point, and you'd rather it be right now. You would rather light that fire under their ass right before the playoffs and get them jumping right in. I mean, yeah, would it have been nice to see them just not lose all year? Of course, but what is it, 10 losses? It's really not much. Like, they, I, it, I'm not worried. There are some things I see that I don't love, though. I don't love their – the Bruins, they looked like they didn't care, but, I, I mean, I guess they really probably don't. That's the issue. They really don't care. They want playoffs as much as we do. So I think that plays into it, and I don't think it helps. There's been so much shuffling with the lineup, obviously, with injuries, new players coming in. I just don't know that they're – exactly firing at all cylinders with their lines that they're in and with their deep air. I would like the Bruins within the next two weeks to hammer down who their top six defensemen are and really start to roll those guys. I know that it's going to be matchup dependent and things like that. I would like to at least see the top four stay the same and not mess with those pairs and let those guys kind of go because we just need to get the chemistry up. That's that's my issue. And the other thing that's really starting to scare me is the power play. Since January 1st, we're 14.7%. It's one of the lowest percentages in the league were 13 for 88 how's that make you feel that uh makes me worry especially considering we saw this last year and we saw that translate into the that first round series against carolina the power play did not come alive then either so it's it's kind of like hey what's going on and i was reading something today and it's i feel like it's a teams are trying to like realize what the bruins have and they're kind of like limited in their power play because they know, hey, you're trying to get the pasta down on the left side there. 
or was it right side, left side, right left? Side. If you're looking, yeah, left. Yeah, if you're looking, circle. yeah. So you're trying to get down the left side left, there. Left half wall. Right, so that's what you're trying to get it down to. That's what they set up, and you have a guy like Krejci, which we all know he looks to pass first. Krejci's barely ever ripping it, so you know Krejci's gonna get it. He's gonna pass right away. So it's like teams are trying to figure out, starting to figure out. Hey, this is what the Bruins are doing. So, I think they definitely have to figure that out. Get that hammer down because you have teams like the Oilers that are very power play heavy, and it's like look how they win because of that. A lot of times, yeah. you have to take advantage of that, especially in the playoffs. Every opportunity. I listened to an interview with Jay Woodcroft, the coach of the Oilers, and he talked about how they've kind of found the formula. If they can give up three or less goals, they can win the game. And like that's how they beat the Bruins. They only gave up two. That team can score, score, score. So that's when you're playing teams like the Oilers, when you get those power play chances, you just have to convert. And with the Bruins not doing that, it hurts them. That being said, in 2011, when they won the Stanley Cup, they had like the worst power play in the playoffs. So, you know. If you're good enough, you can still win. But I would like to see them get that figured out as well. But they have time. You know, they have, what do they have? 18 games to get it figured out. Uh, 16 games to get it figured out. 16? I think they will. I really do. I mean, I just, they need, I, I would really like to see them come out tonight against Winnipeg and really have a strong, strong game. That's something I'm really hopeful for. I, it kind of brings us to the question of, like, did Sweeney bring in the right guys? And I, I had brought this up with my dad. And you know the guys that he brought in have played good. They have not been the issue. It, it's that they it's it's hard to get your chemistry and really find your spots. And I think the Bruins are still doing that. And I'd like to see us just get our lineup set and roll with it. Again, that's obviously hard because Hall and Felino are probably not going to be there till playoffs. So does that worry you at all? Um, definitely. It's back to the chemistry thing. Not too much in that fourth line, because I think Felino and Hathaway and Nosik, they have it figured out, but more so Hall and Bertuzzi with their timing, just because, like, with Hall's speed and everything and how talented he is and everything and how talented Bertuzzi is and the way Bertuzzi plays his game, they need to get that down. And so trying to figure that out in a first round or second round, whatever we play, it's, that's going to be tough for them to do because you don't have the luxury to make mistakes. That needs to be good to go right from the beginning when they step on ice. So that's the only thing that really worries me, is that third-line chemistry. Yeah, I, I do think it. I mean, I, I haven't even thought about that, but really, like, Taylor Hall is a player that Bertuzzi's getting to adjust to play to with. His speed is something. It's something that's hard to play with. And it's but like I, you're going I, I from... I think it'll work well. And right, going from Frederick to Hall. Much that's better. right, that Much talent better. level. If you had to pick two players in the Bruins who need to step their game up after this last little slide, who is it? Oh, I know. I've been trying to think about this because it's tough. You can go to goaltending as you look at the scores and everything, but I really don't think it is the goal. I feel like Charlie Coyle. I feel like Coyle's entered a little cold stretch, and I would love to see him get on his offense back. Um, So that's one of my big ones, and... Also, Marshy, I, I know Marshy's not like a thousand percent, and Marshy's not gonna. What he does on the ice doesn't always translate to the stat sheet, but you do want to see Marshy start getting more goals, especially on the stretch and as he gets healthier. But that's just for Marshy only yeah. goal scoring. So Marshawn's had one goal in his last five. He's had he's had zero in his last three. I think that's fair. I mean, Brad Marshawn has twenty goals this year, right? So Brad Marshawn having twenty goals, thirty six assists. He has 56 points in 58 games. It's a little bit of a 
it's weird because he's like he's so elite and it's so good but you'd like to see a little more i don't know if he's my guy coil definitely i i would like to see more to coil coil can bring more i think he will in the playoffs i really do and another guy who's had a tough stretch the last couple games patrice bergeron I, I know, and he's my favorite player. He's my I know, favorite but player of all time. But that's how had we the, know we're real. We had, call the big guys. Yeah, it's... He's had two games in the last four that I've said, ah, I have not loved Bergeron's game. Whether it's maybe he needs a couple nights off not to watch the game for his freaking body to rehab and relax. And maybe it's just he's been there, done that so many times that he had an off game here and there. And I can be crucified for this, and I would take it and say, okay, I deserve it. But I, I just, I would like to see Bergeron just, I, I don't know. It's not a guy that really needs to pick it up. I just, he had a couple tough games and I, I it's weird. His tough games are better than 95% of the NHL's best games. And I realize that just, I don't like seeing him make mistakes. It weirds me out. But for me, yeah, it, it's definitely Coil. Coil's a guy who could be an X factor as that third line center. And I'd love him to go out and just do it, you know? Who do you think the Bruins' biggest threat is in the East? Like when you really look at it. I would have said Carolina all the way till Shvetsnikov. Which we'll get into a little yeah. Bit later. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that was the big reason I brought that up was because of the Shvetsnikov injury and what that takes away from Carolina. So it's tough because, like, for New Jersey, like, I think New Jersey's so young, so talented, they don't have the goaltending, though. And without that goaltending... That kind of scares me. Because knowing the Bruins, they can shut those guys down. And, hey, you want to go goaltender for goaltender? Guess what? We're going to win. I think a team that does scare me is the Rangers. Because when the Rangers actually figure it out, and if Shesterkin gets hot and plays the way Shesterkin played last year, I think the Rangers are a tough team. And they're physical. They like to bang. So... (laughs) So, you know what I mean? But I can see the Rangers. They they give me a little scare in the back of my head. But to me, it's the Leafs. I don't know why. Something about the Leafs. <sighs> I, just, I know. I just don't like. I don't want to play the Leafs. I don't know. It, it's Austin Matthews. It's Mitch Marner. It's John Tavares. It's William Carlson. It's it's. I don't know. They don't have the wear and tear on them. They don't have all these things. I I just I worry about the Leafs, man. I do. I I know like the Leafs. They got to get out of the first round, but fuck, like if they do get out of the first round, they're going to have some momentum on their side and they're playing us. If we get out of the first round, they're playing Boston. So I don't know. I, I don't, the Leafs do, I, they just, they give me a little bit of fear. I don't know. So it's weird. Cause like, I'm really saying this pure off of like betting on the Leafs the last couple weeks. Yeah, they lose. And every time I, games. yeah, every time I bet on them when they should win, they lose. And like those big names that they just mentioned, they don't show up. I know. And their goaltending sus. And their defense is sus. Even after all those additions. Because they're still trying to figure out all that chemistry. Because they revamped their whole entire D-pairings. All three of them. So. Yeah. I I know. I get it. Like I, I get the not being scared of the Leafs thing too. Like I do. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't won a playoff series in quite some time. But it's just. I don't know. Like you look at the top of their lineup. I guess. Matthews is obviously like having a down year. 67 points in 60 games. It's a fake down year, but a little bit of a down year. You know, he's 31 goals. But he's been playing through injury the whole year. Um, He's also, like, he's plus 27. He makes so many good defensive plays, too. Like, he's really rounded out his game so well. 
But Nylander's doing great. He's 79 points and 67. Marner is 68 points. I mean, 86 points and 67. Yeah, see, Nylander and Marner scared the shit out of me. Like, those two are just so Matthews talented. Matthews doesn't scare you? No, he does, but those two. I mean, this year, those two have really been on one. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. The whole thing, I mean, I, I would just like to stay away from them. I really would. I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong. Last kind of thing we have over here, I mean, we'll talk about two players left. Trent Frederick and Hempis Lindholm, both having career years to me. Trent Frederick... 14 goals, 11 assists, 23 points. He's proven he's a bona fide third-line player. Maybe he can play in the, even on a second line down the road. For the playoff stretch, he's going to be on the fourth line, most likely with Hall coming back. But definitely I'm proud. I've been banging the drum that Trent Frederick could be this player for a long time, so I'm glad to really see him do it. I'll let I'll really let you go on Hampus. Like Hampus, you're saying, is making a case for the Norris. He, I, I don't see him having a chance out of it at this point. Yeah, no, He it's... has one more point than Charlie in... 12 more games. I, to me, McAvoy, watching Charlie McAvoy play the last stretch, even with the Bruins losing, like McAvoy is out of this world. He's going to win the Norris next year, I promise. Yeah, no, agreed. Definitely a healthy McAvoy playing a whole year. It's a game changer. It's his next year if he can be And that's something I hate about the Norris. It's like, it's all about points, points. Like right now, on every betting app, Eric Carlson is like negative 350 to win the Norris. Just because he has the most goals, most yeah, assists, I, most points, and a defenseman. But he sucks on defense. Yeah, we, I mean, they should change it. And the Norris Trophy could be for the best best overall defenseman. And they could make it the Bobby Orr. Who, I mean, stuff is it, like a Paul Coffey, right? A guy who was so offensively inclined. Call it that. Make it the Bobby Orr Trophy and the, and the freaking Paul Coffey. Best all-around defenseman. Best offensive defenseman. I don't know. I, I could be right. talking out of my ass. And that's, and that's the hardest I think part. McAvoy... McAvoy to me, like, I I said this to my dad the other day, and I still mean it. I'll say it now for anyone to hear. Connor McDavid's my number one player in the NHL. My number two is Kale McCarr. My number three is Charlie McAvoy. I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Watch him play. Watch Charlie McAvoy play. Like He, I get he does it, it all. I get it that Pasta got more money than him. Charlie's more valuable. Charlie McAvoy is a stallion. Yeah, there's no, like, he, I mean, dude. He's so good. Like, watching him play is awesome. And Hampus is great, too. He's out of this world. He's the number one defenseman on every team but the Bruins. But he's in here. He's the number two. Which is right. still nothing wrong with that. And that's the biggest thing, like, with the season Hampus having, like, with Charlie being out early. Hampus really stepped up. And he had those opportunities yeah. to add points and goals and assists to his resume. And it was really based off, like, Hampus kind of having a chance or Charlie having a chance based on... When Drew Dowdy won it in 2015-2016, he only had 56 points. And that's when they really gave it to a guy that you don't have to put up the points, but you have that overall game. Charlie McAvoy, to me, is the most comparable player to Drew Dowdy in his prime. Yeah, and I wish like, the hockey writers and the people that vote on the trophies and stuff, they could get back to that and realizing, hey, watch the tape, watch the overall game. But you can put a McAvoy on these I top guys. And... all the hockey writers on Twitter. 25% of them really know the game. Yeah, it's, it's sad. 25% of them have their job because they know someone or they got lucky. And 25% of them, it's brutal. Like, it's brutal to listen to. I mean, I, I, mean, I would say you have 25% great, 25% average, 25% of those voters have barely watched Charlie McAvoy play. They only watch their own team. So it's it's tough, and I mean I'm listen. I would fall into that third twenty five percent. Don't get me wrong, like I would fall into the Homer. I watch my one team most of the time category. So I'm not trying to 
act like I'm better than any of those people, but like we don't have a bunch of Elliot Friedmans and Jeff Marricks voting. You know what I mean? Like it's some of those people who have votes. I don't. I don't exactly think use them the best way, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Let's get out of the salt of the East, though. Let's jump over to the East. Let's get out of the Bruins. The Bruins are on a little tough stretch, but they're still very much our Stanley Cup favorite. Big game tonight. Big game tonight up in the peg. First thing we have on the list, we touched on a little bit earlier, Andrei Shvetsnikov has a torn ACL. Uh, this reshapes the Metro. This reshapes the Metro completely. Kevin, you're muted. I wish Connor could see you talk while muted. Um, yeah, It's big. I obviously never want to see this happen to a guy. Could be our biggest rival. It's the last thing we want to see. I want every team to be at full strength. I, I just do. But Svechnikov being hurt reshapes the Hurricanes. It affects them majorly. I don't think they're the same team without him. Yeah, so just a point of perspective how valuable it is. He's third in the team in goals. I think he's 22. He's third in the team assists. Third in the team in points. And he's 140 hits. Oh, he's a more, than, more than any defenseman they have on their team. But, hey, before we get into a little more into that, so there is around five minutes left in the Florida-Montreal game, and the score is already 7-3. to three. Florida? 7-3. to three. They're winning? In the, in the first period. Oh, Ten goals. Panthers? Just, yeah. Over Montreal. Panthers, Panthers are going to be a playoff team. I know they're it's coming. crazy to say. Maybe they're not, but they're pushing. They yeah, all way to that's crazy. Right Ten goals in the first already? Ton. Over City. Yeah. Over City. Another thing with this Metro, staying in the Metro, I think that Jersey's going to take that top spot in the Metro. The blood is in the water. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, that's an... Uh, Jersey's number team. I touched on a little Without Timo doing anything. He has Without one Timo. and one. Yeah, one, one goal, one, six games. one assist. That's another thing. It's a whole other chemistry thing. You bring a guy like that, he knew who he's playing with in San Jose. He had that chemistry built, and they are also trash. Now you come out to the Metro, you're playing a little tougher competition on the regular, and you have to uh, slide in with those guys and find the chemistry. But that's the thing. They're so deep now with a guy... Where Timo can go and have one goal, one assist in six game. When you have a guy like Jack Hughes, and you have a guy like, what's it, Nico? He sure. Like, yeah. Hey, I suck at names. I, just want to, I don't want to name, name Not him. a names guy. Not a, not names, a names guy. guy. I'm going to put that in my bio on Twitter. Not a not names guy. Not a names guy. But yeah, they have the players like that who are just, they're unreal offensively, especially Jack Hughes. Like, Jack Hughes about to have his first 40, 40 goal season. He already has 80 points on the season. Like, Hughes is just he's so good. Let's talk a little Capitals. Tell me about the Caps, Cap. Tell me about what you've noticed with the Caps lately. So, the Caps. I'm becoming a big Caps guy. They're a fun team to watch. They have a, good, a lot of good players that are respectable. And they have a lot of good young talent coming up. But the biggest thing for this Capitals team is they're currently sitting, what are they, in the wild card? Uh, they are not, and they're two games, two games less than the Panthers with the same amount of points. They have seventy three points. I right, so they're fourth in the wild card right now. Before the trade deadline, they were sitting seventh. Trade away like every possible defenseman they had. Brought in Rasmus Sandin. Rasmus Sandin Sandin, is, Sandin has come in here, and the dudes had in four games had three multi point games, a goal and eight assists. 
play on their top line with Trevor Van Dreamsdijk. He has been that jolt of energy this team has needed. They're not winning them all, but they are winning. Um, the biggest thing, though, is if Ovechkin does not play, this team loses. Yeah. They are 0-6-0 this season when Ovechkin is out. He's the lifeblood of that team. Yeah, it's tough. And something we were talking about earlier this week, too. Big it's yawn, big yawn. With Ovechkin, he leaves right after he breaks the record. I think he does, yeah. I think when Ovechkin breaks the, breaks the record, they start the rebuild. He goes back to Russia. He finishes his career wearing number 32, playing for the Moscow Dynamo, swiping Putin's black card all around the country. And, yeah, I mean, that's if Russia still exists in 2025. But that's not here nor there. We'll get off that topic. Ottawa, three straight losses. Playoff window. Dwindling. It is dwindling. They, they had, had their push. chance. Eh, don't. They didn't do it. I, I right now... I consider Ottawa out. I consider the Sabres out. They had their run. It didn't work. Yeah, no. It's a success. I, I'm at 100% agreeing with you. It's time. It's, hey, figure out what you yep. need. Get all the kinks out. Come back strong next year. Because oh, these teams, oh, yeah. they're going to have the money, and they're going to get the talent to put with all these young players. 100%. And it's going to be scary for that Atlantic division. You're going to have five teams in the Atlantic in the playoffs next year. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, let's talk about uh, let's talk about one more thing with Ottawa. Ryan Reynolds, sales coming. I'm hearing nine hundred and nine hundred and fifty million. Yeah, That's big money. That sets, you, that gets me into the next topic. You go. Yeah, as we saw, Reynolds has been liquidating his money, selling off companies and Nick shares Oval. that he owns. So he's getting ready, and I saw somewhere it could be in like the next three four weeks, the sale gets done or something. It's huge. I, I think that if Ryan Reynolds is one of the majority or just main or even minority, really, it'll still be huge for him. Buyers of the Ottawa Senators, I think we will see their popularity skyrocket. He did great things with a like fucking junior B soccer team, whatever they are. They're in like they're in like League Two over in England with Wrexham. So, I think Ryan Reynolds is a gold mine wherever he goes. Another thing, just with that, is. We're talking about sales of the team coming to the thought of value, and uh, Gary Bettman did address the expansion talks. Nothing soon for now. Quebec City and Atlanta are the top three names being talked about. But for me, I don't. I hate the idea of any more expansion teams. Can we just leave it at 32? 34 teams waters down the NHL. We don't need that. We don't need more. I, I Biz said it himself. Like uh, He said we don't need more Paul Bissonnette skating around in the NHL. We want high skill guys. We don't need that. We don't need more teams. If... If the arena deal fails in Arizona, I think Houston makes the most sense. It is the biggest major city with the highest population without an NHL team. Period. Instant rivalry with Dallas. Don't have to change divisions. You slot right in. Travel's better. Not as great of a place for people to go to, but still, it's pretty close. I mean, I'm going to Houston in two weeks. I'll let you know how it is. But, yeah, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, so I'm glad Gary came out and said... We're not in expansion mode. But we also heard this for Vegas and Seattle just for him to drive up the price. Yeah. And for I them mean, to come in. It's a billy now. It's a billy right. now. Though. If, so, if, if Ottawa cost cost 9 to nine fifty, an expansion team costs a billy goat. So that's my only thing. It's like, hey, you have an expansion team in. Come in, pays a billion. What it does for the cap. I know. I don't. That's, yeah, but what if the product on the ice isn't as good? I get it. Like, I mean, it, I don't know how much it really waters it down because there's a lot of talented players playing in other countries, playing the AHL. Another group of guys gets another shot. I get it, but I don't know. 
I think it is tough because, like, every other sport is, like, capped at 32. So that was the next big question. Why consider expanding when, like you said, you could relocate? It's yeah. Then it comes down to who do you relocate? Arizona. Arizona, but who else if you wanted to? No one. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You can't really. San Jose. Okay, let me stop you right there. Before we get into the wild, wild west, I want to talk to you about my good friends over at DraftKings. The DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook, and it's live now. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings to celebrate all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportscook. Sportscook, I did it again. It's so good. Using code inside the rink. Soon you'll be able to bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code inside the rink to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use uh, once mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. It is live, guys. I'm going to give a little freeway here. It's live. Kevin and I have both used it I love in it. Massachusetts. It's I use awesome. it every day. It's better than anything else. It is great. The odds are better. The bets are better. It's so simple to use. But let me give you one more thing. If your loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7. 21 plus, physically present in MA, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued as free bets, terms and conditions at DraftKings.com slash MA. But again, the app's great. We both use it. We both love it so far. And it's yeah. like genuinely, like if you're going to bet on sports, get to Massachusetts, get to New Hampshire, get to where DraftKings is and use the app because it, it's great. I mean, it really is great. And getting the free money is awesome. Just, uh, I, I think they've had a great rollout. The app's super smooth to use, easy to sign up for. Um, it's been by far the smoothest gambling experience for sports that I've ever had. I think Kevin kind of agree with that. Yeah, so not even because, hey, they give us money and, we, and they sponsor us, but I, I like to gamble and I want a good product. I it's went and I, da- I downloaded every single one. And out of them, DraftKings is the best. By far. Yeah, like the first couple days, hey, you can bet up to a max $50, and they change the odds and like Ruins minus. one shot on goal. One shot on goal, and you get $100. Like, boom, right there. And they did for the Celtics, score one point. These guys want you to come and bet with them. The app is great. Like Jacob said, it's so user-friendly. Yeah, I'm not telling you to gamble. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just saying that like, if you want to, use DraftKings. Let's get in that Wild West. back on Kevin Bennington up to no good again you're muted you bastard Bennington's up to no good again tell me what happened because I have no idea you sent the video today no I didn't wasn't that you that sent it in the group chat no I'm pretty sure you sent the video of no I didn't I didn't I didn't it was coming. okay I didn't even yeah. watch it so uh last night the Minnesota Wild took on the St. Louis Blues and the Blues were up 3-1 early on and then I think the Wild won like 8-4, to 8-5. did have them in a party last night. So, that was fire. But, yeah, no, things popped off. And Bennington being Bennington, running his mouth, showing off his emotions. Good old Mark andre skated down mid-ice. And it was like, come on, you want to go, buddy? We can go. 
And Bennington got a two-game suspension out of it. Really? Yeah, they handed Bennington. it down today. Two-game suspension. He's such a clown. He's a clown. I said he's, he's a joke. He's a clown. He's a you know, clown. He had one good run in the playoffs that won him a Stanley Cup, and he's, he's a clown. clown. He's a clown. That's all I had to say to him. Colorado's looking like themselves again. Colorado's scary. This, this is scary. Can, you think they can end up with a number one seed? I, I do. I do. They could. They're they're sixty six, eighty two points. I think the stars hold it. No, the stars, man. The stars have an offense and they have Ottinger. They don't have a defense. Dude, if the stars won some overtime games, they'd have way more points. Jesus Christ. Exactly. <laughs> they're, but they they're can't. Like thirteen OTLs. That's the highest other than the Sharks. That's why thirteen OTLs. That's out of this world. But you know, what's, you know what's crazy? Pull up McKinnon's stats and what he's done in like 56 games this year. It's like insane. McKinnon is like... You're asking a lot of me. I'll see how fast I can do it. I don't want to hold up the people. I don't want to hold up the people. Don't worry, I'm lightning fast. Nate Dog, The Nate Dog in how many games, Kev? You said 56 games? Yeah, right. He has in 55 games, 82 points. Oh, he's so good. 29 goals, 52 so assists. He is out of this world. Yeah, he's only a six game. He's projected 105 points in 71 games. He is out of this world. And that's the biggest thing. He spoke to the he spoke to the team and the media. I think it was yesterday about it. They realized they need to overcome all these injuries, and they're using that as the fuel to their fire. And they're coming out and they're winning. And you have McCars back healthy. And if they can get to the playoffs, and you, I think they're gonna get Land Landis Cog back. For the playoffs, it's looking likely. So you get a guy like that back, put that him back right in their captain. This team has what it takes. I don't trust their goaltending in Gorgiev. Wasn't a fan of New York. Not really the biggest fan of Colorado of them. But if they can just keep them solid up front and have guys like McKinnon be scoring goals and McCarr holding it down the blue line, I think they could do it. Again, I could definitely see a Colorado Bruins Stanley Cup. So could I. Uh, I like Edmonton a little more. Jonathan Quick paying off for Vegas. Vegas is so lucky they went and made this move because their goaltenders have dropped like a fly, and he's the type of guy that can step up and go on a run. They're so lucky they grabbed him. Right. I think they won four straight, and Quick's look like Quick of old. Like, he's good. He's holding up for them and allowing the boys up front to get on the on the scoreboard, he's holding teams like two, three goals a game. What is that? We just talking about with the Woodcroft. You can hold a team to two, three goals, and you have an offense yeah. that can go out and score. You're gonna win, and that's what I'm, Vegas has been doing. Agreed. I'm gonna make our last topic of the day one topic. Winnipeg, Kraken, Oilers. Sixty-eight games for the Jets, seventy-nine points. Sixty-seven games for the Kraken, eighty-one points. Sixty-eight games, eighty-two points for the Oilers. All three of these teams are currently in playoff position. All three of these teams could somehow miss at the same time. Not all three, but one of those teams could all be seen on the outside looking in. I don't think any of them do, but the Predators and the Flames are coming. See, I don't, I'm don't. i really worried about the Flames. I don't think they have it. But you get Nashville sitting there with 75 points in 65, 65 games. games. They're coming. But they, they have, have a negative it. goal differential. Uh, only two, though. They've really flipped the switch. Dude, look at the Kings. They have a plus 10 and somehow have 87 points. Lucky. Yeah. Winning games. They win games. I don't... 
I don't know. I think the Jets, the Jets have the biggest chance of not making it out of those teams. I, I really like the Kraken getting in still. I, the Oilers, I think, could win the Cup. Like, so the Oilers are clicking at the right time. Yeah, I'm not worried about the Oilers. Uh, it's more Winnipeg, Seattle. Winnipeg's just getting hit injury after injury. I think they are getting Josh Morrissey back tonight against Boston. But they just lost, was it Sam Gagner? Sam Gagner? Gagner. Gagner. Yeah, He's yeah. out for the rest of the season. I don't know season. why we can't say it. It's, it's gone here. Right? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. This is when we're getting tired and I'm questioning if I am but, saying things right or not. The Yeah, it, it, the whole thing is just, I mean, the West and the East are very, it's different. It's for the first time they they really, like, for the first time in the last little bit, their team's pushing to the end, which is great. It means hockey's in a great place. It means there's parity. Um, so we can't, like, can't really complain there. And the thing with Seattle, I'm not even concerned if Seattle misses it because this is still a win. The success they've had in their second season as a franchise, this season is a win for them. 100%. And they have so much young talent coming up, too. I, and you have Maddie Beneers winning the Calder. He's going to have 60-plus points. It's just, this team's good, and they're going to they be good. They did it the right way. Right, they did. They're not doing it the way Vegas is. They're going to be able to sustain without having to use LTIR. 20 million ITLR every year. I agree. So, I agree. I agree. I'm tired. You tired? Yeah, I'm ready to watch the Bruins. Let's get so. the hell out of here. Happy, happy weekend, everybody. Hope everyone has a good weekend. Uh, this episode will be live tonight, Thursday night. And uh, peace out.